0: Welcome back. In this week's episode, we discuss Bitcoin falling in value, Mitch McConnell telling Democrats they will rue the day they killed the filibuster, and an Israeli company defying the green pass. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody, And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. All right. So first of all, Rody, how are you doing today? Um, I'm good.
1: Um, my weekend was good, and, um, I would say I can't complain, but it's cold out, so I can't complain.
0: (laughs) But, Rhodey, it's cold outside. Yeah,
1: I hate the cold. No, because of the song. The song? Yes, uh, baby, it's cold outside. Oh, who's that by?
0: It's an old song, Rhodey. I don't know all the old songs. It's such a famous Christmas song. How do you not know that song? It's so famous. Like literally every single Christmas artist has made a cover of it. Literally every single one. Oh, I don't
1: go around listening to every Christmas song. I only know, like, I only know, uh, last, last Christmas by Wham. Yeah. By Wham. And you know, wish you a Merry Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. But baby it's cold outside. It's not even really a Christmas song. It's just a song about a man seducing a woman um it's one of the classics if you don't know it you have to listen to it honestly uh, it's very very good um i mean my weekend my roommate tested positive for the omnicorn variant so we are oh, uh
1: congratulations
0: i tried getting sick i really tried i just can't seem to get sick i, I just mm. can't i tested negative for it again Ugh. did you get
1: vaccinated yet
0: no, I didn't get vaccinated. I'm kind of hoping that if I get sick, I don't need to get the vaccine. Oh, all right. I mean, like, it's not even that I care about the vaccine. It's just I, I know that if I get COVID, the, the time it will take for me to get, you know, to be able to return to society is not going to be a month and a half. It'll be a week. Uh, but it is what it is. That's that. All right. So we decided to do a new section today of the show, a new uh, portion called the comment of the day. So... I typically do all the social media, and so when someone posts when, – when someone on you know Instagram posts a meme or someone responds to a YouTube comment, it's yours truly. And so I decided this week that I was going to do some community engagement and ask the audience what they wanted us to talk about. And someone uh, by, the na- by the handle of Yonatan underscore me underscore decided to ask us this question. Can Israel remain a democracy or a Jewish state? Is the future population demographic a threat? Let's discuss. Rodi, what do you think?
1: So I think there's a lot of variations. It's it's funny because if you actually read the Israeli uh, Declaration of Independence, they say they will have a constitution, that they will make a constitution, but they never ended up making or going through with it. Yeah, they be- never did. Because, because they want to keep it like a Jewish state. Like the moment you make a constitution, then... There's like, it's, you know, freedom of religion, but they don't want freedom of religion. They want it to be a Jewish state. So, but to answer the question, I mean, I do see where they're coming from. I see there, I mean, there has been a large push to make it more, you know, less of a Jewish state and more, like you said, a, de- a democratic state where they have other. Where they include everyone, but par part of the reason why I might not think because I do think that Israel is going more uh right because more right the the right tends to be more religious people and they tend to be having more children than you know the left, so I do
0: think it might not go that way for
1: that reason,
0: I mean in terms of my answer my my answer is essentially this question's kind of boring i like i know where the question wants to go it wants to say like oh is there going to be a problem if there are arabs in israel and are they going to run over the country and are they going to you know make it so that it's not a jewish state anymore and it becomes palestine overnight because of demographics and i don't think that's a very interesting question i think the arabs make a lot of mistakes i don't genuinely believe the demographics are going to really be an issue. Even if tomorrow we annexed all of Judea and Samaria and we made it part of Israel, I don't think we would have a problem. I think the much more interesting question is whether Israel can remain a Jewish state in terms of whether it can whether it can remain Jewish in terms of unity. Without getting too much into this, because there, it, this can, this discussion can take up a whole episode in and of itself you've got several different problems in Israel that will – that if they are not dealt with immediately will cause a fundamental fracturing in the Jewish people. First of all, you've got the different sects of Judaism having different definitions of who a Jew is and who is considered a Jew. So for example, the Orthodox movement and the Reform movement, they have very different opinions about you know, matrilineal versus patrilineal descent, and of course, in terms of conversion, what, what a what a good conversion looks like, um, and then you have the difference between the Israeli rabbinate and the Interior Ministry. The rabbinate will will define who's a Jew for the purposes of marriage, but the Interior Ministry will define who's a Jew for uh, immigration purposes uh, through the right of return. And those are very very those are two different definitions. And so, if we keep on doing this, there's going to be a fracturing. In the in, in the Jewish population in Israel, and to me, that is more of a problem than the Arabs. Um, I, yeah, I don't the, the
1: fact that they want to please everyone; you please no one.
0: Right? You need to. You need, as Michael Knowles always talks about, you need to have a standard. And uh, Israel doesn't really have a standard at the moment, or it has multiple standards that contradict each other, that are they're diametrically opposed. And that will, and this is not just in who's a Jew. This is in lots of things. You know, um, I don't, unlike you, Rody. I don't think being a democracy and being a Jewish state uh, are necessarily. Uh, Opposites of each other, I think people like to say, "Oh, a secular state needs to be democratic and a religious state needs to be theocratic and monarchy and this and that um i don't I don't think so uh, that's just simply not historically accurate. There's no reason why a Jewish state can't be democratic um, for the same reason if for no other reason then a British state can be democratic and British as well like i don't I don't see the problem. Um, Um, I
1: think it comes down to more like, for example, like I would say like the army, it's like you would want the army to be a Jewish army. But if you get rid of, you know, um, you know, church and state being separate, well, then the army will can't be Jewish because that's part of state. And if you want to keep church and state separate, which, you know, would be, you know, a democracy, then you can't have that. Well,
0: again, church and state. Church and state doesn't mean what you think it means it was more designed to keep the government out of church affairs not the other way around when when people say church of state that was invented when the individual states had their own state church right um, Maryland for example is a Catholic state um, and there were other states that had their own churches as well. We could talk about this for hours but I guess my point is yeah. saying I don't I don't really see Jewish and de- democracy uh, butting heads. My question is: Can Israel remain a Jewish state with the Jews united? Can they regulate Judaism and 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 standardize it so everyone follows one rule? And in terms of democracy, um, I'm going to say a hot take here. I don't think democracy really did anything for Israel to be honest. So if democracy disappeared tomorrow, I wouldn't be crying. Um, my problem would be is if if Bennett became like a monarch and then we really had no check against him. But in terms of democracy itself, it didn't really do anything for us. But you know, that's a That's a discussion for another time and I'd love to discuss it. Anyways, so we just started this podcast a couple of months ago and already we are seeing positive feedback. We want to expand our operations, but that depends entirely on you, our dear listener. If you like our content, please like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell to be notified of our latest uploads. In addition, we are available wherever you enjoy listening to your podcasts. If you want us to answer a question or have something to tell us, Feel free to comment on YouTube or our Instagram page, where we post memes and do community engagement at Right Side of the Compass. All right, so let's get down to today's topics. Topic number one: the January Bitcoin crash. Bitcoin fell from almost sixty thousand USD from November to around forty thousand USD. Yeah, it was. I kind of noticed it. I'm not a big I talk about crypto a lot, but the truth is, is that uh, I'm not a big crypto person. Not because I'm against crypto; it's just I'd rather spend my money on other things, um,
1: like video games.
0: Well, video games, food, rent. Uh, I don't know, literally other things. I- I'm just I just like real things, you know. And Bitcoin is not real. Um, I actually lost like 50 XRP because I completely forgot about my XRP, and it was on an old phone and in a. In a XRP wallet that just kind of became defunct so I just I lost 50 XRP. I so. think I
1: lost like a 1000 or two in in cryptocurrency. What? So. Cuz
0: you lost the codes?
1: No, no, just because it was 2017 when the when Bitcoin, you know, first shot up to 20,000 and so all the other crypt- cryptocurrencies, you know, shot up with Bitcoin and uh i remember i bought into xrp which is ripple which was i think at three dollars at the time and then you know it went back it went down and you know i lost my. oh no when i
0: say i lost 50 ripple
1: i know you actually lost it like like i don't i can't get
0: it back like it's just gone (laughs) like it's (laughs) gone like it disappeared well they Um, say like
1: 10 percent of like bitcoin is is, that's part of the reason why it, it goes up in value
0: is for that reason also because like people lose their codes yeah, that's that's a big sad. Um, yeah. All right, so let's discuss why this is going on. So my my opinion was, and this is this is how I see it. Um, and obviously, Rhodey, you're going to disagree with me, probably. Is I see mainly the Bitcoin crash and the cryptocurrency crash in general is because the economy is doing so poorly that people are taking out their their cryptocurrency money to use um, in real life because. Inflation's getting so bad, and since so many people are out of jobs, they need the money. So that's the way I see it. As more people pull out their crypto investments, we're going to see a drop in the value of cryptocurrency. Not because you know, not because it's it's regulating, but because people just literally can't afford to have Bitcoin. They need the they need the USD. So, uh huh. But so, let's. Yeah. So, but I was going to say that you should talk about what you, you read up on and, you know.
1: I mean, I hear what you're saying where people might need it, but how investments work in terms of crypto and stocks, it goes by supply and demand, but it's not just supply and demand, it's also percentages. So, for example if i have a higher percentage of bitcoin than you do then then if i sell if i sell my cryptocurrency to to dollar again i'm going to have a bigger effect on the currency than you because i have a higher percentage of that currency or or asset so i think the people that are investing in to make to really make cryptocurrency you know fall that much you need to have a lot of volume like you need to have you know a big percentage and the type of people that usually make assets move like that are usually big um, institutional like uh, investors so we've been listening or we've been hearing a lot that a lot of big companies have started to invest in cryptocurrency Apple's accepting it in their Apple pay, you know, MasterCard, Elon Musk. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of hedge funds and other institutional investors. so that's I mean, that's what it's called. I mean, the individual person like you and me are retail investors and big banks are institutional investors. And they usually have a bigger, I guess say in what you know in, in prices because they have a usually have a bigger chunk. Um, I do hear you saying, but I don't think um the job loss is at is is that bad uh for people to really people are literally well, their I, jobs. Well, I actually I actually think it's the opposite so from what I've been reading is that you know things are starting to go back to normal so the Federal reserve okay so the cryptocurrency began falling so this is from cNBC okay earlier this week after the um the minutes from the Federal Reserve December meeting hinted the US central bank would dial back in its pandemic era stimulus. So as we know, the Federal Reserve brought the interest rate down, and you know, we started printing out money and giving out money to people to, you know, to help with the pandemic. Now, if you see that the Federal Reserve is starting to take out money from the, you know, is is starting to, you know, dial back on its stimulus help. Well that's that's showing that the the economy is going back to normal. Like you you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but the problem is is that we
1: already have record inflation. You're right, but when things start going back to normal, cryptocurrency, look, one thing I don't like about cryptocurrency, especially for Bitcoin, I don't know about other currencies, is that it's called currency. I really don't think cryptocurrency or especially bitcoin is a currency i see it more as an asset like gold or silver and if you actually go look at the price of gold okay it actually went down just like it didn't go down as much but it went down just like bitcoin so like but again i
0: think it's because a lot of people need to eat into their savings because of inflation because right now we see the current the u.s dollar it's just bloated right and the reality is is the wages are not meeting the inflation and so people to keep up their standard of living they need to eat into their savings i know i had to do that you're right i'm sure people are doing that but i
1: just don't think it's the majority when people invest in crypto or or invest in in gold they're using as a hedge against the against the currency and like you said you know due to high inflation people were you know either buying gold or buying other assets as a hedge because they don't trust the US dollar part of the reason why there's high inflation is because the Federal Reserve you know put um, made it made the interest rates super low and started buying Treasury bonds and you know they kept printing on money if you if they're dialing back from the stimulus that's a hint that interest rates are going to go up and if interest rates are good interest rates if interest rates go up inflation uh, slows down and goes down so, yeah,
0: but th- I don't think the economy really adjusted yet for inflation. I think even you're if right, l- even if like news- say, let's say they fix the ship, right? They're not gonna get inflation to they're not gonna get deflation of the currency. They can't do that. You're right? right,
1: but the- this when it comes to these type of things, it's all psychological and not like it's 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 psycho since it's supply and demand, it's 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 psychological. So if people think, hey, um the you know, interest rates are going to go up and then inflation is going to go down. Well, you know, the economy is getting better. I'm going to put my money, you know, in a, in a different place that has, you know, better returns and is more secure. That's the other thing. Investors will put something, even if it gives them a little bit less interest, they'll put it into something more secure. So if, so if interest rates are going up, that means things are going back to normal. And if things are going back to normal, they don't feel they need to hedge against it. And like I said, it's psychological. So if I think, hey, this is going to happen, even if it's going to happen a few months from now, you know, I might do it now. So Yeah.
0: I mean, I just, I I personally don't see it the way you do. I see it when, like, yes, there are some advanced buyers who will invest in cryptocurrency or gold or whatever to maybe hedge against the US dollar. But the reality is there's a lot of people who invested their 1000 something dollar or stimulus check into Bitcoin hoping it would go somewhere. And sometimes it worked, right? Let's let's be real. Some people put it and they made money, right? Um, but now we're seeing that, like, first of all, the stimulus checks dried up, but jobs are not necessarily going, getting any better. Um, and then on top of that, um, you just simply have the inflation. It's going wild uh, and people are seeing it. Like, I saw it at the grocery store. Like, I remember... A hundred dollars would would fill up my cart. Like I would have like a little hand basket, and I would fill it up with food, whatever, and it would be like you know the equivalent of a hundred bucks in Israel. And and I know Israel Israeli food is very expensive, so like just keep that in mind. But like now, when I spend like a hundred dollars at the at the supermarket, just does like it's half a like it's half a like half a little basket. It's just really really bad inflation. You're right. I
1: just don't think that the people who who are taking out their money because of that are having the majority of the impact. You know, it's it's that's the minority of people and not and not majority of people that are investing most people who are probably going to bitcoin have, you know, money to spend because the type of look, when it comes to at least trading or you know, high risk investing or trading, um, you have to be willing to spend money that you don't mind losing. And you're not going to put in money you know, that you're going to mind losing if you need it for other necessities. So I don't think the money that they need is you know, not the money that they're using. The money that they're using is usually money that they don't care to lose.
0: Well, I mean, I disagree with you. And the reason I disagree with you is because I think a lot of regular people saw that inflation was going to happen. And so they said... Hey, I could put my twelve hundred dollars in the bank, and it will get me exactly nowhere. Or I could put it in crypto, and hopefully, within the next twelve months, I'll have something to save for it. Right? And as a plan, it actually succeeded. Right? I actually I had like a small gain on it. Right? Again, not enough to like save it completely, but you know, I had a little bit of a gain on all of my investments. So I can tell you that uh, you know. As a strategy, it wasn't a bad strategy. I'm very glad I did it, and I would do it again. So, I disagree with your logic. I think that even if you, even someone regular who wanted to save money, it was a very, very good idea to put it into an investment while they were able to do so. But again, I'm open to being wrong. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not married to the idea, as it were. Uh, I think that uh, you know. It could very well be that you're correct, Rodi. I'm I'm not the financial es- expert. You're 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 much better at that than I am.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's other factors also, which the, it says here that another piece is Kazakhstan. So apparently, there's protests against the government that's been happening in Kazakhstan, and because and apparently in Central Asian countries, Kazakhstan accounts for eighteen percent of the mining. Um, no, it's like, the, it's the second largest behind Beijing. And ever since, you know, isn't isn't it
0: banned in China?
1: Something like that. I don't know the, the full details, but or is you know, Beijing
0: I, referring to like the government, like we would refer to Washington DC.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's what they meant. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess it's the government. And because of that, um, people moved to Kazakhstan um, for
0: some reason. And, well Kazakhstan's an Asian country, so it would make sense if they want to mine Bitcoin, they'd leave China and go to Kazakhstan. Um people don't really know the geography of that area very well, but a lot of those countries to the west of Russia or to the east of Russia actually, more 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 accurately. They're Asian countries. We just don't think of them because we when we when we hear a country that has the word "stan" at the end, we think of like an Islamic caliphate, like Pakistan or Afghanistan, whatever. But you know, a lot of those countries they're also Islamic, but they're you know Asian Islamic, so they look much more like Chinese, but they're Islamic. Um, people don't know that, and they're also like weirdly risky at the same time. It's like a weird thing. Like you have to go there and see it. You know, people people don't. Typically think about it, but it, it it doesn't it does exist.
1: Yeah. So apparently Kazakhstan is the second largest um, miner of cryptocurrency, and because of all the protests, the government decided to shut down the internet. And because of the they shut down the internet, um, you know you, you can't mine without the internet. So, um, and uh, be, because of social media, because people are you know protesting organizing uh, protests through social media, and that's a you know good example of you know. You know government censorship on you know the internet we've so spoken about government censorship time. before what yeah we've spoken um, about it before yeah so that's another reason um people are saying that it shot down um that sorry that cryptocurrency went down um but like do people think it's i don't think but if i think crypto is failing i do not think crypto is is failing it could be like i said it could either be a, a re a reset because of the pandemic people have been flooding towards other investments like i was discussing before um so like i said it could be a correction as they call it um that people are putting to other assets or you know maybe like what you said and also this but um i don't think that crypto at least bitcoin is going away anytime soon
0: oh yeah no it's not going away anytime soon it's so useful like even just as a banking tool it's very useful and usually as
1: a general like you know investment you know advice usually you should just hold on to it and what you could even do is uh, dollar cost averaging which is like you know you just buy it if you did buy at the top buy it at the bottom so then you know your cost basis is lower
0: yeah whatever it is what it is um again we're not finance guys don't take our advice we don't Don't, uh, offer advice here that's for sure so don't don't take our advice well we're We're not allowed to
1: we're, We're not allowed to of offer a lot advice. Of Please
0: don't follow our <laughs> advice. We we told you not to do that. That's if you do it, that's on you. Um all right, so let's get to the next topic, because I think this is a topic that I think I have a little more to say about, and um hopefully you will as well. Um let's talk about Mitch McConnell's warning to the Democrats. Oh boy, oh boy, we've been waiting for this. We so far in twenty in since twenty twenty, the election in twenty twenty, all we've had is, you know, timid Mitch. Now we're getting Cocaine Mitch. This is Cocaine Mitch. That's it. This is our Mitch McConnell. He's back, and he's better than ever. All right, so let's talk about— Cocaine Mitch. Cocaine Mitch, yes. You you don't remember the meme where he's, like, surrounded by cocaine? You remember that?
1: No, I don't. Okay, <laughs> so
0: whatever. Well, it, that's not important, but this is Cocaine Mitch. This is what Mitch McConnell's very good at. I know a lot of, like, populist Republicans don't like Mitch McConnell because he's very swampy, very— establishment but this is the advantage of having a seasoned politician a man of washington dc on your side and 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 by the way i'm not saying that mitch mcconnell is some rock-ribbed conservative populist trump supporter is that what i'm saying but i will this is this is this is good mitch this is cocaine mitch very very good (laughs) he's cool yeah this is very very good Okay, so let's talk about, first of all, what the filibuster is. Essentially, the filibuster is a method that you have in the Senate where a senator can go and just start talking about whatever he wants, as long as he wants, and he's only able to be stopped if 60 senators say it's time for a vote. So what that essentially does is it requires a certain level of consensus in, in decision-making in the Senate. Now, typically yeah. in the Senate, you need 50 votes or you need a majority vote, so 51 votes or 50 plus the vice president. But the filibuster allows the minority party to force the the majority party to dem- to to request a consensus, which what that does is it prevents a lot of legislation that's very hyper-partisan. Mm-hmm. So basically, right now, the the Republicans have been using the filibuster – to prevent certain bills from passing. And basically, because the Democrats have a very, very slim majority in the Senate, which is to say they have 50 senators, two of them being squishes on the other side, and then you have Kamala Harris, so that's 51, but it's not even a solid 51, right? They need – when they pass laws, they need to either make it so that the bills aren't so controversial so that Republicans will say yes – they need to make it so that 10 republicans go to their sides they have 60 senators or they need to get rid of the filibuster right and so that's preventing a lot of the the legislation that's coming out of the house of representatives from going to the senate and
1: then when when trump was president the democrats did the same thing they would use the filibuster to do the same thing
0: well this is this is not a recent thing the, fil- the filibuster has been around since the 1800s And it's been a very, very important part of the Senate because the Senate is not a body that's democratic, right? It's – each state gets two senators no matter how big or small the state is. So it's fundamentally an undemocratic body. And before even, it was even more undemocratic because you wouldn't even elect the senators. They would be selected by the state governments. So um, let's – so this is so the filibuster is a way of, of making sure that there's consensus. Now, um, this is not the first time we've heard recently that you know the, the the Republicans are are fighting back, right? We have Mitch McConnell warning the Democrats not to get not to nuke the filibuster, the nuclear option. We've got Kevin McCarthy saying he will throw out Democrats from their committee assignments when the when the Republicans take back the House of Representatives. Now you know what happened. With Marjorie Taylor Greene, correct?
1: Um, remind me what happened.
0: Basically, Marjorie Taylor Greene was being a kooky Republican, saying things about, I don't know, whatever Republicans talk about. And then because she said the thing that they said was too far, it was a threat to democracy. Oh. So they decided to throw her off all of her committee assignments. And yeah. so now she doesn't do anything. Now, that was actually a big move by Democrats because typically to remove someone from a committee assignment, that was the job of their own party. So people did get removed from their committee assignments, but it was usually only done by the opposing party. But this is the first time I can think in a while where the opposing party decided to throw out members of the other party from their committee assignments, which is kind of a big no-no because it was understood that you don't do that. So Kevin McCarthy said that when he becomes a Senate majority leader in 2022 – which let's face it, at this point, he is going to be the Senate Majority really? Leader in twenty twenty two. Let let's face it, you know, <laughs> let's uh, you don't have to like Kevin McCarthy to know that the Democrats are about to have their asses kicked in 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 the in the midterms.
1: Why do you say that?
0: What do you mean why? Because everyone hates the Democrat. Do you know Joe Biden's approval rating is like a thirty percent aggregate? All right. You and know a who's going to change go-
1: in another two three years,
0: dude? The midterms are this year.
1: Okay, a lot can change in. Uh- I mean, okay, yeah. The midterms is when they vote in senators.
0: The the, the midterms is when they vote in – they they switch every single House of Representatives. Every member of the House of Representatives is put on a ballot, and then the senators are, on like, on a one-third – they're on a one-third um, cycle every six years. So every, every two years, there's an election, and a third of the Senate is up for election, and all of the House of Representatives are up for election.
1: All right, so he's threatening when he becomes majority leader. That he would, you know, do things.
0: <laughs> no, not things. He would... It, it, oh, that's, it would that's be a very nice big. job.
1: That's a... Like you always say, that's a very nice job you got there. It would be a shame if anything happened.
0: I know, right? He's, he's, you know, Kevin McCarthy's coming out. And, and, here's the thing. Mitch McConnell has done this in the past. Mitch McConnell is not a say-everything, say, uh, say do-nothing politician. He actually... Has done some things in the past. You can argue he's not as do something as you would like, perhaps, and I would agree with you. But he has done things, especially in political matters like this and procedural stuff. He has made the Democrats eat their words. So, for example, um, the Democrats nuked the filibuster for judicial nominees. Um, I th- and and because of that, Mitch McConnell said that they they would regret it, and they did regret it. First of all, they used the nuclear option. Uh They used the the i guess the removal of the filibuster from judicial nominees to get rid of Merrick garland, so he's not a Supreme Court justice because of the Democrats and then they used it to ram through three Republican Supreme Court justices because you didn't need you didn't need sixty senators to do it, so it was actually very good for the Republicans and so in the past, Mitch McConnell said things like this, and he he made the he made he kept his promise. So, you know, if if the Democrats do remove the filibuster, you know they're gonna eat you're gonna eat it. They're gonna regret it for the rest of their lives. So those guys. one thing I
1: don't understand, McConnell McConnell um, made it clear that if the filibuster were amended or abolished, the Senate would bog down into legislative nuclear winter, where very little would actually get done. That's what I read in the, in one article, but what does that mean? Shouldn't the opposite, because like you said, the filibuster kind of gets people to doesn't the filibuster make things not get done because you're delaying it. And then they have to, then they have to, you know, they have to make changes to appease the other side. So then it takes longer. So if, if that was gone, then, you know, things would get done quickly and if that's so if it would be the opposite, no,
0: right, so that I don't particularly understand. I'm sure there's someone who's wiser than me who could probably explain why that would be a case, and again, if anyone wants to comment in the comment section on YouTube, explain why that would be the case, You're free to do so i'm 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 a small man, I know that I don't know everything, but I do know that Mitch McConnell has made the Democrats eat their words in the past, and did we talk about the purpose of the filibuster? Did we talk about? the importance of the filibuster, especially nowadays in, in in government? No, you
1: just explained, you know, what it was, um, you know, what, what it does,
0: essentially. Right. So, but the reason, okay, so let me, so this week I made a post on my personal Facebook page. Typically what some of the topics we talk about are things that I was thinking about throughout the week. And one of the things I was thinking about was the filibuster and why the filibuster is is perhaps the one of the most important institutions in government today. Unlike the House of Representatives, which really is a democratic body, and when I say democratic, I don't mean the party, I mean the, the institution of democracy, the Senate is not designed to be a democratic institution from like its outset. It's not democratic. And so if in the Senate you do completely democratic elections which is that it's a simple majority gets things passed then you're really just using the Senate to rubber stamp things that happened in the house but the Senate needs to be the cooling chamber of democracy it needs to be like cooler heads like it's not just populism and it's not just the will of the people it's the wise men that are thinking about things and you need to have consensus and that's what the the filibuster does it's not just a majority it's it, it, it it makes the Senate require on some level a certain level of consensus that is not had in the House of Representatives. And it's a level of consensus that we don't have in the United States today. Mm -hmm. Why do you say that? Well, because the country is divided by by so many things, we don't agree on anything anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So the filibuster is really – when you see people on the Democrats, they're trying to cancel the filibusters because they realize that – on some level the filibuster is preventing them from doing anything because there is no consensus and so if you if you do the rule that you need 60 senators to do something then you're never going to get anything done because there's no there's no consensus but i think that's perhaps pretty wise that we, yeah, we don't that's the point it is the point and i think that if we how do we say this i'm just trying to think of the words the conservative in me, and I'm not talking about like the right wing, I'm talking about like a conservative, like someone who just wants to like tell history like to stop, right? The conservative in me, I don't even want to really make conservative policy so much as I just want things to stop until, you know, things calm down, until we have a consensus again. And that's the true purpose of the filibuster. And if they get rid of the filibuster, the country will change in a negative way. And yeah. I, I really hope for everyone in the United States' sake that it doesn't go away, because the filibuster is perhaps perhaps the one institution in the United States that's a moderating force. It requires Republicans and Democrats to sit down and do compromise, or else things don't get done. And I think that's good for the country. I think if if they
1: do get rid of the filibuster, it will become similar to the all the executive orders that all the presidents always do. Like, for example, you know, Trump does executive orders. And then, you know, once Biden becomes into power, then he does executive orders. That cancels out his executive orders. So I feel like it would be the same thing. So you would have this, you know, if they do get rid of the filibuster, whoever is the majority will make, I guess, laws or do other policies. And then once the other side has the majority, they'll basically cancel them out or they'll um, make their own. Um
0: so that's why I feel like it would it would become right and the problem with that would be is that already we see that there's a problem in this country that the administrations don't have any level of continuity unless it goes from a republican administration to a republican administration or a democrat in, uh, administration to a democrat administration we don't really see any continuity between the administrations which is very disrupting to the society because if people if people are constantly like voting in this political party and voting in that political party and they don't feel like and, and it's it's always just a war, right? There's never anything that just stays the same, right? And that's very bad for the country because in yes, to like very partisan hacks such as myself, yes, you want your policy to win and you don't care, but on a certain level the the stability of a country Overall, even if there's some bad policy in the stability, right? But the stability of a country is very, very useful to the little guy who just wants to run his business and, you know, pay his taxes and raise his kids, whatever. That's very important. And we, we don't have that because there's just nothing permanent in politics anymore. There's no, we don't agree on anything in values. So every time the, the government changes powers, it's like the whole philosophy of the government changes, right? For good or bad, right? just talking about what it is in in the bigger picture. And then you also have these rules made by these presidents that are just not permanent. And so if we get rid of the filibuster, it will make changing the actual rules a very just meaningless process. Like just every day, like whenever a new government comes into power, they're just going to repeal all the old laws and put in new laws. And and that's just not a way to do things. Yeah, no,
1: you want things to stay in the middle. So for example, you know, if... You don't want things to go too far right, and you don't want things to go too far left. You want things to stay in the middle, and the filibuster
0: kind of keeps that in check. Right, and the irony, of course, is that if the de- the, the one thing that the Republicans wanted to get rid of during Trump's administration was Obamacare, right? Obamacare was Barack Obama's greatest accomplishment. You can think that it was a terrible idea, fair enough, but just purely from his legacy standpoint – Obamacare was his greatest accomplishment because it actually went through Congress and came to his desk and he signed it as a bill. And the reason why Trump couldn't get rid of it was because of the filibuster. So he couldn't just get rid of Obamacare, right? So when Obama did things by the books, when he had laws that went through the House of Representatives and the Senate and then got to his desk and he signed it and everyone cheered and it was, yeah, 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 yeah. He actually did stuff. Whether you
1: disagree or agree with Obamacare, the fact that Trump couldn't change it, you're saying is a good thing.
0: No, no, I mean, listen, I – no, I'm saying from his perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from, from Obama's perspective. I disagree with Obamacare. I wish we could get rid of it. But imagine now you get rid of the filibuster and now the Republicans win the House and the Senate and then in 2024, you know, Trump or DeSantis become the president, right? They just go through everything. They would go through the entire law book, just yeah, repeal so it's the good law for the book. system. Yeah, and then when the Democrats win, inevitably, because you know that that's how it goes, right? You Republican, the Democrat, then the things change again. They just put everything back where it was, right? So it's going to destabilize the country. The filibuster is the way to make sure there's some stability in the country, and it would be a real shame for it to go. And also, just you know, it's funny to watch. Uh, Con- uh, senators read the phone book you know just to, like to waste time <laughs> you know like those famous stories where they'll just like stand up in, in the senate and just read random stuff just to waste time very very funny
1: <laughs> I've actually never seen those videos but like I no can't but it's imagine. not just
0: videos it's also famous stories of like senators who would go and they would read the phone book I'm know, just to- imagining
1: the meetings they're like okay guys we need ideas of how to you know keep this thing going Anyone? <laughs> Any ideas?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so that that's kind of the issue. But whatever, we'll, listen, we'll see. I, I think Mitch McConnell's threat is, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a threat with fangs. It's not one of those empty threats made by Republicans. This is a real one. I mean, yes and no, because it's banking on the fact that he becomes a majority
1: in the future. And, and you know, as much as there can be, you know, speculations and polls, you really don't know the future.
0: You're right, you don't know, but as... But listen, the reality is, is that people, people don't, people are not happy with Biden and the people that typically come out to vote in the midterms, they're the people that are hurt by the administration, the current administration, right? That's why, you know, people typically when they vote in the midterms, the the president loses the House and the Senate or loses the legislative body because people associate the government with the man in charge. And then, you know, because people never like the man in charge, they typically just flip the government. And so, you know, you're going to have this problem where Kevin McCarthy's probably going to be the, the 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 majority leader in the House and McConnell's going to be the majority leader in the Senate. And if they kill the filibuster, that's it. M- McConnell can do literally whatever he wants cuz he already did. We we saw what power McConnell wielded when they ended the filibuster for judicial and federal judge nominees. We saw that. We saw just how like he he got through three judicial nominees for the Supreme Court, and the Democrats better pay attention to what they're doing. They better hope that they don't end the filibuster because McConnell doesn't screw around when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm not a McConnell fan. Don't don't look at me. I'm not a McConnell fan, but uh, I wouldn't screw around with that man when it comes to the filibuster. Yeah. Well, welcome to politics. <laughs> yeah, this is actually politics. Politics is not. The- when people say politics, what they mean is philosophy. But this is politics. This is this is actually politics.
1: Like, I'll watch TV shows sometimes and they'll go into politics. And it's like, it's actually brutal. And they always backstab people.
0: Yeah, because that's what politics is. Politics is not philosophy. The philosophy of the Republican and Democratic parties are philosophy. It's not politics. Politics is this stuff. This is what politics is. And it's very brutal. It's very eye-opening. Um, but yeah, don't screw around with McConnell. This is Cocaine Mitch you're talking to. Uh, anyways, so let's get on to the third topic, uh, speaking of uh, regime and politics. So this is a topic that I actually worked on. Usually I don't do work. I'm just naturally gifted. But And your opinions are facts? My opinions are facts. So I can pretty much just get away with just saying what I think. With doing I don't, no research. I don't have to do- <laughs> no research. That that would be against my philosophy. But today, I decided to do some research for this topic because it piqued my interest. So I was scrolling through Facebook, being useless as usual, and I saw this post by this social media company, this startup in Israel. And of course, the post was in Hebrew, so I'm not going to bore you with the details. But this social media app in Israel called Hobbies decided to get rid of its Green Pass system. They defied the Green Pass so let's talk about it. Woohoo. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. I was I was very excited when I was pumped up when I saw this, to be honest. I didn't even know who hobbies were was or I didn't I didn't know what the app was, but I, I was psyched. So I decided to reach out to them to to ask them about the story. And I did some actual journalism work.
1: I mean, if you're thinking about it, it could be a good marketing tool because you know it gets people who are against the past like you to notice the company. You wouldn't have known about it otherwise.
0: I mean, yeah, that's true. Let's be honest. It probably was some, I mean, there probably was some financial incentive, but I spoke to them and by the way, this is not, I'm not being paid for this. We're not being paid for this. It's not a sponsored thing. I know people are going to be like, "Uh, Luke is a hobby's shill. No, (laughs) no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not being paid nearly enough to do this. I just, I wanted to talk about this thing because it's an interesting story for many reasons. So yes. They, there probably was some marketing involved, but it's not really marketing because they, they didn't – let me just explain exactly what happened. So Hobbies is a social media app where what they do is they allow you to meet up in person with people in your area to do real activities in person. And they started in January 2020 and then the pandemic happened. So as you can imagine, their whole business model went <laughs> – right? Yeah. So you have to imagine that they, they were not bananas about that. And then they decided to do the green pass for their app and they started creating green pass events. And then they just decided based on evidence that the green pass was not a particularly good idea. It wasn't doing anything. So they decided to drop it. Now how the green pass worked on their system is that every user has a profile, right? Yeah. And you can, and on their profile, they could have said, I have the green pass. I got the vaccine. I had the green pass. They got rid of that option.
1: Yeah. So now you can't have it on your profile. Oh, like I'm vaccinated or I have the green pass. Okay.
0: Right, right, right. So you can't have it. So no one can ask you like when you you go to play basketball, for example, if you want to organize a group for basketball, no one's going to ask you, oh, do you have a green pass, right? (sighs) Now, technically this doesn't violate any laws. You don't need a green pass to use an application, but it's more that they're helping organize events that probably can fall under the green pass regulations so let's say you want to use this uh service this application to organize a settlers of catan night right settlers of catan can easily reach 50 people go to a bar right yeah go to a bar you set up settlers of catan now it's a green pass event right Oh, well, that that's, but it it doesn't di- directly violate the green pass, which you know. Let's be fair, you know that was that's kind of what I was hoping for. But it defies more the regime rather than the actual rules. That's what's important. It defies the regime. So here's the thing: I spoke to them, I reached out to them, and they told me that the reason they ended the green pass is because it goes against their philosophy. Let me just bring up what they spoke to me about. I'm gonna get the exact quote. I don't want to misquote them. And they said, this is is about the Green Pass system. I asked them about the Green Pass system. So during the pandemic, after the vaccinations has been given to the most of the population, we thought that maybe if we allow users to add the Green Pass to their profile, it will help people engage with one another. Also, we created specific events with Green Pass to kickstart some communities with business partners and other organizations. In your profile, we added a a feature to update the fact that you own a Green Pass. With that said, we realized that we made a mistake. We are about bringing people together. What's going on in Israel is crazy. We noticed that we are starting to become enforcers of something that is bad for our agenda. Our vision doesn't include fighting pandemics, and we decided to stick to our vision. And now we know what we need to do moving forward and what we should not do. Awesome. That's what they said. This is is a startup company in Israel. They said, oh, yeah, what's going on in Israel is crazy. It's nuts. I mean, because it is. (laughs) Right, but... (laughs) No, but like, it's, it's very not diplomatic, which is what I love about Israel. They're going to say, in Israel, they say not diplomatic stuff like that, because they're not concerned about diplomacy, they're concerned about saying what's true. Yeah. Which you have to admire them for, you know, you have to admire the Israelis for being kind of blunt with things.
1: Yeah, no, um, they definitely are blunt.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, was, that, was, that was very refreshing, especially coming off of Naftali Bennett saying that masks can be the difference between harsh symptoms and mild symptoms. Uh, this ridiculous. was this was actually kind of refreshing someone not lying to my face um, yeah. <laughs> um no but that, that's like a very good thing and and they're doing that and and considering the fact that there are people in israel who will literally like give you the cold shoulder if you don't have the vaccine they will yell at you if you don't wear a mask on a bus um this is great this is great i, I can't agree with this more um
1: yeah no i just wish other companies would do the same i guess i don't know what other companies are doing there
0: well, actually, today, while I was doing my final research for the video, I know I said I don't do research, but I actually do do research, but it's more funny for the show if I say I don't do research. So, you know, I'm going to stick to my it's story. and shits to... and giggles. Exactly. Bingo. You understand, Rody. Anyways, so, so when I was doing some last minute research, there was an article posted by the Daily Wire saying that General Electric got rid of, they're not going to follow the Green Pass, or it's not a Green Pass, they're not going to require a vaccine mandate. For well, their company didn't,
1: well didn't the uh supreme court just uh like shut down the uh, vaccine mandate that biden had for like 100 employees and, and more
0: right so what actually happened with the group with that with that and let's clarify what what they said was is that the government can't mandate that companies do it but companies can do it themselves that's so true. general electric said that they are not going to do it which is still a big thing because that's that's against the regime even if it's not technically against the law which just like the hobbies thing it's not against the law but it's against the the dominant regime which is very important this is very very counter what the the regime wants it so that everyone gets vaccinated they want it so that everyone's wearing 20 masks they want it so that everyone is like staying six feet away from each other that they don't celebrate christmas that they don't celebrate holidays or weekends together with the family they want everyone to be alone living in a pod eating it's bugs power that's show. what they want
1: what the power show you know they they want to you know
0: flex their power right exactly so even if they can't mandate it legislatively they want the the cultural ability to say every company is doing that and that's what a lot of the big tech is doing right and it's interesting that hobbies is not doing it i actually spoke to hobbies about why I like their company idea so much like again, this is not a sponsored post I can't stress it enough this is not sponsored um, but you say
1: you know if if you ever do want to sponsor you know feel free to contact us
0: to 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 channel my inner JonTron, I'm not sponsored by hobbies, although I wish I was <laughs> call me <laughs> exactly I know I know I know. Um, spo- nah, no, just kidding. I don't. I don't want to be sponsored, anyways. Um, but I spoke to them. I liked their idea because, you know, with Facebook doing the whole metaverse thing, where they want you to put on your virtual reality goggles and look at the virtual reality and go to your fake job and with your fake friends and your fake avatar and your fake property with your fake money as well. And he said, like, yeah, the, the Facebook. He, he, this is the exact quote he sent me when I told him about my thoughts on the metaverse. He said, Facebook actually did us a favor as they rebranded themselves and left a vacuum for us, as we are, as you said, about the opposite of the metaverse. We do real reality instead of virtual smiley face emoji. So,
1: yeah. So they want you to, you know, their app
0: is so to set up, you know, meetings in person. Right. So they're against virtual reality. They're against augmented reality and virtual reality. N- not like against it in concept, but they, they stand against the dominant big tech regime of we're going to keep you in your house and we're going to put you on the goggles and we're going to make you go to your fake job with your fake everything. Well, and, uh, I
1: mean, I don't think that's the regime or, you know, put it in more proper terms, the government's, you know, plan. Their plan isn't, hey, you need to stay inside because... You know, we want you know you to adapt to the metaverse and online stuff. I think it's just a byproduct. It's just you know, a byproduct of what you know. It's just a result of the what's been happening. You know, because
0: no, 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 I agree. No, 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 that's not what I said. What, what, I, what? I, I'm I'm going to stress because it seems that you didn't understand. I'm not saying that big tech and the government are saying let's make everything fake because you know we're powerful. And I'm I'm saying that. It benefits the the big companies. It benefits us that we're on our phones all day, giving Facebook and Google all our information, and we're buying everything from Amazon, and that we're staying home, and we're not using gasoline, and we're off the roads, and we're, you know, we're staying at home. We're not happy with anything. We we rely on government for everything. We have very small houses. We live in in the in the city where everything smells like sour milk, right? That's that's what they want, right? Because it benefits them, and so hobbies is is an application that's like no, no no we're gonna get you outside we're gonna get you meeting other people you're gonna have real relationships you're gonna have real like people started dating because of this app you know that right that's great yeah it's very very great this is hobbies is a better dating app than tinder or j swipe or whatever because believe it or not the problem with dating apps fundamentally is that they are for lonely people right or they're for horny people. They're horny people and lonely people, but they're not for regular people, which is to say that if you just want to play basketball, you don't go to like a dating app, right? But most people in reality, like up until 10 years ago, they met their date when they're living their normal lives. This is this is the type of thing I want to see on the internet where the internet facilitates us living life normally, not that we are, I don't know, or like we're not artificially trying to set up dates with people we never met on the internet because we're lonely right we live our lives we do our thing and we meet people in real life as a result of it right i like this i like this the
1: internet should enhance our real lives instead of replace it
0: exactly that's what i think i think listen as much as i like the concept of staying at home and working from home in terms of like just saving us the commute. And I think that's probably like the best thing that came out of the internet. Um, I think at the end of the day, the reason why that's such a good thing is because you get to spend time with the people you actually care about and you don't have to spend two hours on the bus commuting. But you know, I don't want the, I don't want the internet replacing my friends. I don't want the internet replacing dating. Well, actually with whatever
1: show, you actually end up working more at home than you do at work because there's no defined line between when work ends and when work begins.
0: But I'm not against work. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you work at home, you spend less time commuting to a city where you don't know anyone and you spend more time. Like, you remember when we were in lockdown together and we would just work all day, but, you know, we still hung out with our friends because our friends were all in the same apartment. So we all just hung out together. That's what working from home means.
1: You're right. But I've also met people like on the commute, like, you know, on the train or on the bus, you know. You oh, come on. Let's also. be
0: honest. When was the last time you met someone on the w- way to work where their headphones weren't in their face? They weren't listening to their favorite song. And if you tried to say hello to them, they'd give you a dirty look. Come on, man.
1: I mean, it has happened to me. It was a few months ago. But I mean, actually, no, it was before the pandemic. So, <laughs> but I
0: mean, it has <laughs> happened. people were friendlier back then. What? I said maybe people were friendlier back then before the pandemic. Yeah, I guess so. No, no, listen, I, listen, I don't think, I don't think, my point is not whether it's good to commute to work or not to commute to work. My point is simply a matter of the internet is tr- like the big tech is trying to replace our real lives with our fake lives. They're trying to make Facebook into like the only thing that we have. All of our friends are going to be on Facebook. We're never going to have a real friend because we're going to be so consumed with virtual reality that we just won't have a real life. We're going to be so busy spending money on fake fake real estate in the metaverse that we're not going to buy real real estate in the actual verse, right? Yeah, which I and, find
1: funny because it's like, wait, well, if you have all this money, if you're spending millions of dollars on a – Fake property, why don't you just buy real property with
0: it? <laughs> right, it's dumb. I don't want to own fake property. It's called real estate because it's real. If it's not real, then I don't want it.
1: No, I just like – I think it's just a matter of they want to be early to uh, to the profits because they feel like they're late in real life. Yeah. I don't know, which doesn't whatever. make sense to me because like, oh, well, you know, you spent a million dollars on this fake property. It's like, well, you have millions of dollars. Good for you. You're a good saver. Like <laughs> –
0: no, but like – no, but you understand what I'm saying that like – that Facebook is trying to sell us fake life, that Amazon's trying to corner the mar- – like instead of us going to the bodega and buying something there or the local supermarket or wherever it is or the local corner store, right? We're now going to these megastores or worse. We're just getting everything delivered from Amazon so we don't have that human interaction. Think about how many things we used to do in person that we don't have to do in person anymore. Yeah, you're right. And sometimes it's very convenient. Like I'll I'll grant you that it's very convenient sometimes, but I want the option to go in person and deal with a real person and I, I, I don't want I I specifically don't order food from Amazon because I want to deal with people. I order very few things from Amazon.
1: Yeah. Um no, you're definitely right. You know, being with people, even, you know, um there's a someone who I know who's you now studies psychology. They said that there's something in the brain, you know, that that is triggered when you see people. Like you're more happy, and you know, because you're not seeing as many people now. Sign so, there have been, I guess, studies that people are more depressed and this that. There's a lot of mental health with not seeing people,
0: right? Um, um, but I
1: think their their plan is trying to make it like you know the the Matrix or Ready Player. Have you seen that movie, Ready Player One? Yes,
0: yeah, so we I saw that movie. So. Yeah, so
1: you know, or, I actually
0: recently saw the Matrix. I recently saw it for oh, the first really? time.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, I actually liked it. It was a very good movie. Yeah. Very so yeah, you know, they're it.
1: trying to make it where you know you can you know live a life in, in another world.
0: So- right, but that's the saddest thing I ever heard of in my life. Like just like this was a plan made up by people who weren't popular in high school. Obviously, this was obvious. Oh, uh, like well, this is obviously. Popular. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you can tell that the people who are trying to shove us into these computer boxes—you could tell—they were hung by their underwear. On top of a flagpole at an elementary school, you can tell because, like, those people obviously have no friends. Like, because they they don't understand how awesome it is to have actual friends. And like, oh yeah, just like people, yeah, you could just meet those online, yeah, and like you fake avatar, yeah, for sure. Why not? You know, you could be friends with that. Who cares? It was actually it was very difference.
1: interesting. I saw a post from Elon Musk who posted who I guess shared a video of a really old video um, <clears throat> video of Bill Gates um, talking about the internet with uh, at a talk show. And you know, this was in 1990. Uh, was it seven? I don't know when the internet started to come out uh, in whatever late 90s. Um, and he was and they were having a discussion saying like, Oh, what's with all this internet deal? And like, you know, um, what what can it do? Or? Um, what's the point of it and he's like there's they're gonna be streaming a, a baseball game like has not has ever anyone like you know heard of you know radio and they're like, yeah but you could watch it at any time. it's like well has anyone ever heard of you know tape recorders It's like you just record it but obviously now we see the value of the internet so I just find it interesting you know whether the metaverse has actually become legit or not is um I don't know no, I, but uh, listen I have I no doubt it-
0: in my mind. I have no doubt in my mind that people are gonna adapt the metaverse. I have no doubt in my mind that at some point I'm gonna be commuting to work with a with a headset. But yeah, maybe. I'm not yeah, I just also to. just
1: find it interesting how we're having the same conversation as they were having with the internet, you know, in the nineties.
0: Right, but I think this this always needs to be said. It's not just about form, it's about substance. Like It's very easy to just pass off anyone saying that a technology is not a good idea as a Luddite. I think it's very easy to do that. But I think you need to analyze the substance. I really don't see the value in virtual reality meetings. I really don't see the value in Facebook having access to all of your meetings because you do it through meta. I don't see the value in that. I can see the value of the internet being a repository of all the information available to humankind. And that I see the value in. I see the value in being able to send a document to someone. Like that I see the value in. But – and I even see the value in being able to have a video conference with other people. I just – I don't see why it needs to be on a headset. It seems very dystopian. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, look, uh, you know, I guess we'll find out.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's because – I think it's because – I think fundamentally – Tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's wrong. because, like, you know, like in all these sci fi movies, we want to see like holograms, like real life holograms, where like you see the whole person and they're talking to you and you're talking back. We always thought that was cool. We never thought that was dystopian. But I think what makes the metaverse dystopian fundamentally is that you have to kind of cut off, like, I guess spiritually almost. I don't want, I don't like that word, but you have to kind of spiritually cut yourself off from the real world by putting on virtual reality goggles. And so you only see virtual reality. I think that's what it is. I think a lot of people think that because the internet's behind a screen, like you can close the computer and you could go back to real life. But I think once you put on the, re- the virtual reality goggles, not because there's a game that benefits from it, but because there's a, there's a company that tells you, oh, we're going to do, we're going to work today from our internet goggles and you're going to keep the internet goggles on for eight hours and you do all this fake crap, right? I think kind a lot of, of people just say forget like, that
1: you're in no, that there is reality kind of.
0: Right. I think that's what people are opposed to. Um or at least what I'm opposed to. I don't know. I think there are other people that are like really cool with it and I kind of lose my mind with those people cuz I'm like yeah, th- you're going to get lost in the metaverse and I'm going to be here in real life trying to do real things. And uh whatever. I mean, it is what it is. But regardless, um I wish the guys at hobbies a lot of luck. I heard they're trying to expand to the United States, so if you're an American listening, um, let them know that you're interested, uh, and hopefully, you know, maybe you'll you'll get to do something. Uh, I wish them the best of luck, and uh, yeah, I hope thank- it goes well.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for, I guess, getting rid of the green pass on your system.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's very good that they did it, and uh, I'm very, I'm very thankful as a person who's, I think, as people who are opposed to the green pass. Because of what it is, I think it's very nice to see that there's some resistance, and I hope there's a lot of companies that kind of oppose what's going on right now, because that's really all we can hope for at this point, you know?
1: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so all right that's all for today remember if you like this episode like the video share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel in addition we are on all your favorite podcast streaming services please follow us on all of our relevant social media platforms including instagram and getter and have a great rest of your day